I am high on the New York Jets. You can't really stack the box because if you stack the box, guess what? You have rookie of the year Garrett Wilson out there with Al Mazard and Aaron Rodgers who's going to pick you apart. And if you back off, you have Brees Hall and, and Dalvin Cook. So good luck to whoever's playing the New York mm-hmm. Jets this year. All about the balls podcast. With Mark Davis, Chris Kameinhart, Luke Rule, and Nick the Doc. Hello and welcome to this Monday, August 14th episode of All About the Balls podcast. I'm your host, Mark Davis, joined alongside my two great friends, Chris Gemeinhart, Nick the Doc Skirkwins. And I know you guys are out there listening and being like, man, didn't y'all just record August 13th last night? Yes, we did, but we have a vacation plan. We are taking a week off, so we're trying to hammer out some episodes so that you, the viewers and listeners, can get some episodes in, some clips in. So we're going to have three episodes back-to-back-to-back essentially this week. We'll delay the the post-production time, but we will have them out for you. Chris, though, how are you doing? I know you had to take care of some business last night. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm glad to glad to be back in the sack house. Hopefully I can finish the whole episode, you know. Gave you all a little foreplay, played around with you all a little bit, and then had to dip <laughs> out, you know. Just couldn't couldn't go couldn't go through it all, you know. No, it's understand. You know, you you definitely got excited a little early, and you couldn't handle it, and you had to get Priority off. It happened. It happens to the best of us. You know, it's happened to Doc several times. So with that, gotta, no, Doc. Gotta, how- once I had, a, I had a technical difficulty once. All right, <laughs> got to build the endurance up, you know. Exactly, Doc. How are you doing? Always tonight? getting off too soon. Oh, feeling good, man. Feeling good. Uh, did not win the lottery tonight, so that sucks. Uh, oh, for every every single time I've ever played in my life. So uh, keeping that streak going. Uh, but otherwise, good to be here, man. Excited. AP Top 25 is out. Oh. We're going to talk about that later. Oh, oh my balls are tingling oh, just I, thinking about I know. NC2A this year, man. I'm feel, I have a feeling tonight we're going to get us a little hyped up as we break down some AP Top 25 because I know your two teams, spoiler and a little teaser, you guys play each other, the only Top 25 matchup week one. So we will definitely bring that up tonight. See how we're feeling, you know, a few weeks early before the season starts. But, boys, I am feeling – before we talk football, before we talk AP, you know, top 25, some excitement happened my way. I know that you guys saw it in our group chat for one of our fantasy leagues. And shout out to one of my commissioners from other league, Jules, in Saks in the City, 2023, one of my other leagues. Can't wait to have that going, second year in a row in that, that league. We also have our dynasty, all about the balls, dynasty league. But, boys, our eighth year in a row – We've done nine technically, but I didn't have the history to it because I restarted the, the league. So this is the eighth year of All About the Balls League. I Fantasy League, I changed the name. It's going to be officially All About the Balls Fantasy League. Boys, the fucking trophy, I mean, championship belt came in today. Man, look at that beauty. I'm going to pull it up to the camera so you guys can see. There's a couple names mm. on there. You know, you see Chris Meinhart twice. You see Mark Davis once. We are past champions, and for the moment being, I'll be holding on to this belt. Probably have it for another year or so because, you know, I am going to win the league this year. Just letting you all know, Team Davis right now is taking this league by storm. Are we doing like an auto-draft or something? Or Hey, Jones did auto-draft, and he got second place the year he did it. So uh, it's possible. Damn. Very is possible. Damn. But Yeah, I'm excited. Fantasy's right around the corner. We have some drafts coming up. We have a draft in 12 days. We have a draft in 13 days for our Dynasty League and our Redraft League. So get ready. We're going to mention a little fantasy tonight because starting off the show, we have Dalvin Cook. Yes, finally has a signing, Chris. 
The New York football Jets came a little bit after the Zeke signing, which we'll break that down. But Dalvin Cook, a one-year, $7 million base salary. He can get up to $1.6 million in incentive. How huge is this for the New York Jets, who I sent to you a little bit ago, their starting lineup. I hope you pull that up. We have him joining, you know, Brees Hall, you know, Alan Lazar, Garrett Wilson, McKeel Hardman, Corey Davis, and, of course, yes, one of the greatest of all time, Aaron Rodgers. How does this improve the New York Jets? Yeah, I mean, first off, shout out to all the dynasty owners that own um, Hall and Richardson because, hey, they're look out for them because they're they're heartbroken right now. I mean, this yeah. is this is huge for the Jets, though, not fantasy standpoint, but huge for the Jets because this is willing to let the jet the Jets coaches slowly implement Hall back into being that number one. I mean, we didn't really know how, like, how well that leg's holding up, and Cook going there is going to let him slowly, slowly get back into that number one, you know. And Cook's hell of a guy, hell of a running back. So, yeah, I mean, I know we've seen these, you know, so-called Madden created teams. We've seen it in the past before with the Eagles when they called themselves the Dream Team. We've seen it. Tampa actually had a pretty good lineup a couple years ago with Brady. I, I am high on this offense. I I like the, the Dalvin Cook signing. I mean, like you said. Sorry for you fantasy owners. The running back market for fantasy is not that good anymore. And good luck trying to draft uh, Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook because it's just going to be a true one-two punch, in my opinion, once Brees Hall gets there. But I am high on the New York Jets. You can't really stack the box because if you stack the box, guess what? You have rookie of the year Garrett Wilson out there with Al Mazzard and Aaron Rodgers who's going to pick you apart. And if you back off, you have Brees Hall and, and Dalvin Cook. So good luck to whoever's playing the New York mm-hmm. Jets this year. Yeah, I'm not completely not completely sold on the offense just yet. I mean, you look at A Rod a couple years ago, he had top five O line, top five defense. He had Adams out there. Still couldn't get to the final championship game. So I mean, not much of an improvement. Twenty ranked defense over here. Not the greatest O line, but does have some young weapons. I mean, Garrett Wilson, then you got some you got some Green Bay leftovers out there to fill in the roles of the wide receivers. The New York Packers, dude. The New York well, this, Packers are taking this the Jets team, though, is way better on the defensive side, is way better than Green Bay he's ever had probably since that Super Bowl year. Uh, we're just going to have to see. I mean, I think this is a big, I think Cook going there. I mean, A Rod's used to having that double, double headed running back monster out there what he had in green Bay for so long. So, I mean, cook and hall, but the big thing is like how much gas does cook still have in the tank? You know, I mean, we saw a little bit of a letdown last year with the Vikings, but was that just scheme? What was it? And I mean, Justin Jefferson's their whole offense out there. No, I think it was just scheme. Honestly. I mean, I think that they were trying to uh, move him out for the backup to come in. I don't even remember his name right now. Um, Madison. Yeah, Madison. That's right. Um, so I think they were just trying to move on. They were they they knew you know running backs are a dime a dozen. They didn't want to pay him. Um, I think this is a great one year deal for Dalvin Cook um, to continue to not get paid the rest of his career because he's a running back. Sorry, dude. Uh, that's just how the league is. Um, but I think Cook definitely improves this offense. I mean, at the very least, you've got a solid backup. Um, if Brees Hall does go down again, I think he's definitely still got juice in the tank. I think he can still run all over the field. Uh, but like Chris said, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold in this offense. I mean, Alan Lazard, 
you know, God willing, he's doing better. But, you know, a year and a half ago, he had he had bricks for hands. Um, I mean, it was like throwing the ball off a of concrete, uh, you know, trying to get him to catch a pass. And, you know, Garrett Wilson, obviously, we know what Garrett Wilson can do. Um, but, you know, Rodgers also coming to a new team. You know, not everybody's the same. Not comparing him to Russell Wilson by any means because he is hands down better than Russell Wilson. Um, but we saw the change in scenery that, that it did for Russell Wilson. So, you know, uh, anything can happen. I mean, you guys keep saying backup. I, I don't think that this is ne- necessarily Dalvin Cook being the backup. I mean, he had over no, 1,100 it's... yards. He almost had 1,200 yards last year on the ground, and he can still produce in the pass game. I, I don't ne- necessarily mean it's going to be Brees Hall being the number one still. I, he can come back healthy all he wants to. Doesn't mean he's number one. I mean, Dalvin Cook actually had a better year last year than he did in 2021 based on stats. So he's not really slowing down at all i mean he's still a solid 1k 1100 yards really average the last few years as a rusher and like i said we know what he can do in the passing game he's one of the most electric running backs with the ball in his hands coming you know from the quarterback you know on a pass so i necessarily and it's not a bad thing whoever is the one two it's gonna be a one-two punch it's gonna go back and forth Wentz hall's healthy so i wouldn't say it's gonna be a it's gonna be a chubb and kareem hunt situation yeah like i said you you might see I mean, maybe because we'll see when Brees Hall's going to be back. I mean, maybe two top 15 fantasy running backs. You, you, you never know. I mean, it's happened before. Like you just mentioned, Doc, Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt, it happened. So I think the impact, though, with fantasy-wise is just be careful drafting a running back for the New York Jets because you don't know which one might have the hot hand one game. It might be every, every other game situation. It's not going to be consistent, I'll tell you that. Yeah, unless you do have that miracle year, like you said, with Chubb and Hunt, which it seemed like every game both those guys were going off. It just it happens. I mean, but – they both need to get touchdowns in for that to happen, to be honest. I think I think the big takeaway from this, though, from a Brees Hall standpoint for fantasy is that the Jets are looking to slowly, slowly incorporate him into the offense again and not rush him in. So, I mean, you selecting Brees Hall in the second round, you're going to you're going to suffer just a little bit for those first couple weeks, because I think nah, the majority, nah, I think the majority is going to be Cook. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think Brees is going to ease ease his way back in there. I mean, they still have Michael Carter from North Carolina, so they did draft him pretty high as well in the draft a couple of years ago. So, you know, I don't think that they're in a rush to bring Brees Hall back, and that just shows with Dalvin Cook. So, ease him in, get him ready for the you know the stretch. You know, maybe let him miss a couple of games or you know play easy and just only have a few snaps, kind of like a pitch count essentially. But no, yeah. I, I'm I'm excited to see the New York Jets. Like I keep saying, I'm excited to see the New York Jets and. This signing, I mean, it followed once I once I mentioned Doc, the Zeke Elliott signing, who he signed with the New England Patriots, a one year, three million dollar base salary. He can get up to three million dollars uh in incentives as well. And Chris just pulled up their starting lineup. You see Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, and Juju at the wide receiver core. He's gonna pair be paired with Stevenson and Henry, Hunter Henry and Mike Kazeski will be the tight ends. Doc, the only thing that I noticed with Stevenson is he's not a touchdown machine. Yes, Zeke's numbers went down. They've gone down every year with yards per game pretty drastically but his touchdowns remain high so maybe stevenson's the workhorse and then zeke is that kind of goal line guy he's also a good pass protection blocker as well yeah zeke's definitely i mean he's a, he's a fucking brick house you know you get him anywhere near the goal line he's going to punch it in uh you know it's definitely going to take away fantasy points from stevenson i think on the on the touchdowns stevenson's still going to get the yardage um like you said uh zeke has been falling off year after year um Dallas proved how little they needed him after that big contract. I mean, not a bad pickup by the Patriots, but this offense still going to be shit. 
Yeah, I, I really think that as well. Um, I think the ceiling for the New England Patriots, I'm still not high on them. I think six wins is their ceiling. I think their floor level. Floor Ceiling's level in the is, basement, dude. Well, I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I still see Bill, both Bills getting some wins just because, you know, it's Bill Belichick. It's hard to count him out for being a, like a complete dog shit. He hasn't been dog shit since Bray's been gone. He hasn't been great neither, but he's still a solid six, eight wins. I think the ceiling is six. The floor is three. I don't know if Zeke helps him that much more. Maybe to convert goal line, you know, on the you know on the actual one yard line, two yard line, maybe he can get that extra burst and get a touchdown for you. But they have to get to the fucking red zone first, and that's the problem. I think is going to be is can they get enough yards to get Zeke going inside the red zone? Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think that's where the struggle is going to be. Uh, the the breakout runs from Zeke have just been tailoring off. You know, it's he hasn't been the explosive player that he's been in years past, so that's why Dallas moved on and. Um, I think I think it's a good pickup, like I said, but I don't think it's gonna it's not gonna make them contenders by any means. It's not gonna push them over the edge. It's it's gonna be a nice placeholder. I mean, as you can see, there's there's no other backups in there worth mentioning for this Patriots offense. So you know they needed somebody. Yeah, I mean, I think with a they better quarterback, I think the, I think a quarterback. I mean, I'm just not high on Mac Jones. I really think like I'm not big on Juju and Parker and Bourne, but I think that'd be a, a decent trio with a better quarterback. And I think that's the knock because I'm just not sold on Mac Jones. I'm really not. You got to take I mean, the that was, off him. I mean, that was my, my big thing right now is that I think Mac Jones, that middle quarterback right there, Hey, it's gone. It's fucking Bailey Zappi's team or the infamous preseason Malik Cunningham. Zip I mean, it, you, saw how, you saw how hype the Patriots team came in when Cunningham stepped in looking, going out there looking like Lamar. So, I mean, hey, Mac Jones, I think he's on the hot seat. I mean, he could easily be replaced by the end of the season. A little they hot did on say, the hot seat. They did say Malik Cunningham. I didn't really notice it at Louisville, but he had apparently as much like rushing touchdowns and so as Lamar, like you mentioned. Wasn't as, wasn't as good of a passer in college as Lamar Jackson, but, hey, Lamar's in the league right now, and we don't think he's that good of a passer. But maybe Bill O'Brien can maybe get Malik Cunningham going um, – but like you said, I think Mac Jones is on the hot seat. They did start Zappy last year. So that already is a sign that you are on the hot seat. Yeah, correct. And then going just going off the Elliott signing, I mean, I agree with y'all. I don't think this is a huge signing for the Patriots. This isn't going to make them playoff contenders or even Super Bowl contender. I mean, I think fantasy-wise, Stevenson's still that number one top option at the running back for the Patriots. I mean, Zeke coming in, that's just giving him that complimentary work to help ease Stevenson back into the workload. I think that's all that is. Yeah, that's how I feel, too. I just feel like it's a take a little bit of load off of Stevenson, let Zeke do a couple things, you know, on maybe some passing downs, let him block if it's going to be a, a straight, like, you know, all max protection. But you're pulling up, too. I believe it's his yards per game. Yeah, look at this. That's what I was mentioning. You know, I'm, I'm okay with not getting 100 yards every single year. Like, if it went down from 108 to 95 Woo. and it stayed around that 95 to, to 98 mark, that's totally fine. You know, you can't have 100 yards every single year. But then 95 to 84 and then, God, from 84 to 65 yeah, and then all the way. is rough. Yeah, that's a big drop off. I mean, that's the issue is, like you said, his tank's on empty and – he didn't have any excuses because Dallas had a good offensive line and, and Tony Pollard played really good last year. When did, yeah, he get that, I mean, when did he get that contract, that new contract from Dallas? 
well, his rookie, his his fifth year option was 2020. So he, I think he got it in 2019 when he was at Cabo. I believe the 2019 year was when he was trying to pretend hold out, and then he got it because you know he got his fifth year option, and then he and then had the 2021. Yeah, so he had two years into his contract, and then they they released him. Tell me, yeah, five year running backs too. when he fucking got paid and dropped 20, 20 yards a, a game. I mean, Dallas arguably has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. I mean, shout out, side note, big signing from big signing with Zach Barnon. They finally came to a deal. What was it like two years, 30 mil or something like that? Yeah, I think he got like, I think total he got, ooh, I don't want to mess up the numbers, but I think he got eight years each year um, addition. Not, I could be yeah, wrong. You can, but I, you can fact check that real quick. But, um, I mean, big signing for him to come back, get him back into the building. That's going to be huge for Dallas. But, I mean, just look, ever since Zeke fucking flashed that girl on the float, I mean, his yards have been going down. So, I mean. I mean, yeah. This just it doesn't help when you were getting big, too. He was getting fatter, it seemed like, too, Chris. <laughs> he, hey, he, was. he, I mean, had, he, the he had the Zion problem. Zion I mean, problem. like, and like I said, I like to eat that food. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with not getting 108 every single year. Like that, like I said, that was your rookie year. You know, you and Dak were both balling out as rookies. You didn't get rookie of the year. Dak did. He's the quarterback. That understandable. But if you can't hover around that 90 to like 98 range, that's the issue. And and you like Doc said, 20 yards after 20 yards dropping per game. That's um, huge. That is huge, man. Like that is just bad, and that's. Once again, why running backs unfortunately don't get paid is because of examples like that. But hey, hopefully New England does good. We'll see what, what they can do with Zeke and, and Stevenson out there as a one-two punch. And boys, some news broke today. And not sure why we haven't heard much about it. Maybe it's just been quiet. Michael Orr, yes, you heard it right. Michael Orr, a former first round pick out of the Baltimore Ravens, a former two-time all SEC in college. I believe he went to Ole Miss, right, Chris? He did. He did go and to then, Ole Miss. Old, old piss. And a, and a Super Bowl champion with those Ravens as well. He was part of that 2012 run with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and all them as the as the right tackle. But you know, it's it's come out that um, the Blind Side movie, the book. I never read the book. I honestly haven't seen the movie. I knew the, the principle of the movie, what it was about. You know, we thought he, everyone assumed he was adopted. I guess in the movie, I I, I didn't watch it in the book. I didn't read it. They didn't say in the movie he was never adopted, but that was the assumption. And then it was also he had the assumption that he was signing adoption paperwork after he was 18, but really they were conservatorship papers. And if you're not mistaken what that is, it's pretty much someone to be able to have like your rights essentially as like a and a guardian essentially. Like the Britney Spears example, she got it because she was mentally unstable and that's what she was deemed as. But allegedly he's saying he signed a conservatorship paper, Chris, and if he did, and they did trick him, I understand you have to do your due diligently. You have to do your own research. But if these are the people that are taking you in, and they did trick you. That is a pretty awful look, too, as uh, two guardians. Yeah, I mean, I saw this news broke, and I I, I cried a little bit because, I mean, I I love the blind side. If it's on TV. Favorite Christmas it, movie of all time. <laughs> and if it's if it's on TV, I'm, I'm going to click it on to watch it. I mean, Sandra Bullock, oh, beautiful. But I wish I had Luke here to tell me the cast because, you know, he's our cast, man. He knows he the is. cast for the movies. But, I mean, this this is sad if it comes out and this is true, that it was, yeah, all, I mean, it was all fake. 
Yeah, because apparently they were making millions off of him. They were giving it to their actual birth children, and he didn't see one penny from the movie or the books. Hey, Old Miss better fucking vacate all those wins when he was on the team because that was an IL right there. That was an there IL. Was, there was, there was a, that's the thing. There was a lot of uh, scandal around that with how they recruited and everything else. And this would just be one more on top of every other problem that this whole, that the, you know, that, that came around from Michael Orr going to Ole Miss. So, you know, I don't know. Definitely a shitty situation, uh, you know, to get tricked into that. Um, I'd burn them for everything that they got. I, I would take them for everything that they got. Allegedly, yeah. Would, if, yeah. If that was the case, yeah. If that was the case, I would I would go after them for everything because if they're oh, sitting yeah. here making money off of your off of your fucking work, I mean, well, he's trying to end the know. he's trying to get them to drop the conservatorship. That's what he's trying to fight for now. He wants to get out of that, like terms like a contract. I guess you can say he's trying to get out of. I that. don't. I I have to look up like. The deal, the details on that, because I feel like it's it would be pretty simple to prove your sanity and be able to get out of that. I don't know how somebody you could just sign your life rights away as an adult, and like, hey, no matter what, yep, they got they own everything. Well, you don't have yeah, to always cause... be un, you know, deemed unfit, like mentally unstable. It, there's other ways to to have that, you know, pretty much be in that kind of a relationship. But at what, like, if you do that, if you do that, at what point do you get to decide? You know, this is my life. I want to make my decision. I want to, I want to be my own person. Yeah. I mean, the big question I have here is like, I know I sent Mark a little TikTok. Um, Barstool did a little interview with his so-called adopted brother. And he said that this has been in the works for like two years now, but like, why is it now just taking two years to now to come out and Michael or saying, Hey, this is fake. You know, like yeah. did he sign an NDA for the movie. Like, is there a con is, there, there has to be more behind the scenes that we're not seeing just yet, which like hopefully there's more that comes out of this and this isn't just like a news headline and then like it disappears. So hopefully yeah. we get an end to this. Hopefully we get more to it. Like Doc said too, like people shouldn't be making – I mean I can understand like you make money off people. Like if you're an agent you know, or like a caddy for golf, you make money off the guy you're representing. But, but there's legitimate reason for that. Yeah. It's a percentage. It's not a conservatorship for everything. Yeah, but to like sit here and you know you're the the two legal guardians for this young man. He like I said he was 18 when he signed it, but now you are pretty much and and they could have done it for the, his whole contract probably. Like they they could have done that. I don't think they did, but they could have done that for the Ravens. Everything. Yeah, all that they could have gotten a piece of the pie, and they could have said he's it, it's you know we we signed it, so we, the money goes to us, and we deem where that money flows out. I don't think they went that far, but people are still shady people. And if it's true, like Doc said, they sh- he should go after him, and he should get what he what he's rightfully owed back. So if they took something, we don't even know. Guys. We don't even know if he yeah. lost anything from this yet. Yeah, well, he, if, well, he didn't get paid for the true. movie, though. but he didn't get paid for the movies. What he's saying, and he he did he did he did you know give something to that that film. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep an eye on that. But, boys, it's time to talk a little preseason football. Just some storylines we're kind of tracking. And the first round pick for the Atlanta Falcons in 2023, I can finally talk about my team in this preseason. B. John Robinson has mm. been announced. He will be playing this weekend against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, he is third on the depth chart at the moment. I don't think that's going to stay you know, for the whole year. We do have Cordell Patterson and Tyler Algier. So, I think it's going to be a, a three-headed monster back there anyways. But I'm excited to see what Bijan's going to do. I want to see him you know, touch the ball, you know, getting handoffs, and I also want to see him in the passing game. I want to see what he can do. 
how electric he was in college. I mean, I know how electric he was in college because he was the best running back in NCAA last year. Actually, the last two years. Yeah, I mean, fuck uh, the fucking depth chart preseason. It's all bullshit. Like Mike McDaniel over in my Miami said during his press conference, like he literally hates, which also I think he's the funniest coach in the NFL. I know you hate him, Mark. But I, I don't. So funny. Or, or, I hate him when he's talking to like the media. I like it when he's around his players and he tells Tua like, "Hey, Alabama sucks. Go Georgia." That stuff's funny. But when he is deliberately trying to be slow, like talking, and that's the stuff I don't like. I don't think he's funny I, in that aspect. I think he's funny, but he just did a press conference talking about preseason depth chart, and he says that it's his most hated thing. And he just goes there, sits in the computer, and he just makes sure all the names are there. He doesn't care what order they're in. <laughs> He was like, I just sit there. I'm like, is there eight people there? Okay, we're good. It's like an auto, auto, so, auto click. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't. I'm Perfect. not reading too much. I'm not reading too much into the depth chart. I can't wait to see what he can do. I mean, hopefully they start some starting O line because that running back position, it's rough. So I mean, one one poor tackle and a he's out for the season. I think Atlanta, it was a big pickup. I mean, they already had a 1,000-yard rusher with Algier, but you can't pass up a generational player like Bijan. So, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does out there. Yeah, generational for the next five years, you know, until he falls in with the rest of the running backs for a second deal to come up. But, uh, no, I mean, with, with what he's capable of doing is explosiveness out of the backfield and, and on the pass, I mean, he's a guy that could be like a CMC or an Eckler. You know, he's a guy that could actually get paid. He could be that generational talent, like you said, for – years and years and years to come for this franchise so i think he's gonna ball out i think this is the preseason um i think naturally uh you're gonna have him lower on the depth chart because if i'm cordero patterson or algier and you've got Bijan above me on the depth chart especially algier what i did last season and cordero what i'm able to do from many different angles on the field uh i'm sitting out you know what i'm saying i'm holding out um i don't give a shit uh, but again, it, it's preseason. It's preseason uh, depth chart. Fuck it. By the time the season comes, it'll all work out. It well, means I nothing think, right now. I think I don't know about Algier, but I know Bijan and Cordell Patterson. You're going to see them a lot in like the the slot position with an Algier in the backfield, or even Bijan back there. Someone's going to be like you can put both Bijan and Cordell out there in the wide receiver spot because both of them have the talent. I mean, Cordell was a former wide receiver. Bijan literally can play wide receiver if he, if he wants to. He just chooses to play running back. That's what he lists himself as, and that's where he's more comfortable at. So I, I we already mentioned that Atlanta's going to probably be a top three, top five rushing offense this year. We have one of the best run-blocking guards out there uh, with Chris Lindstrom, and, and then our offense is just designed to run the ball. That's what Arthur Smith loves to do. And we'll, we'll see how they involve him this week and how much he gets playing snaps. Like I would like to see 15, 20 snaps from him up maybe 10 touches literally and I, I would be happy just to see what he does that's that's just all get i'm him, expecting from him yeah get him in there get used to taking those nfl hits and then get him out you know get his body used to taking those hits eight rushes six yards i mean i'll take here that's i fine. mean somebody he, somebody he three catches somebody, for 30 yards too so i mean yeah i mean somebody i'm excited to look for in week two which i think they really need a bounce back is cj stroud i mean i know y'all covered him last night he had a rough game he had his press conference today he talked about it he said that the coaches there want him to make mistakes but they're gonna make their money with not making the same mistake twice Mm. i mean two for four 13 yards one interception hey that's a rough stat line so i'm hoping 
yeah, I'm hoping CJ can go out there. I mean, and just at least improve a little bit, make make some better decisions, look like your footwork is actually up par to a top five draft pick because his footwork looked horrible, atrocious. Yeah. So. And maybe we'll see both tackles there too because the left and right tackle did not play. They are playing against Miami, and they didn't play their starters last week. So maybe they'll see Bradley Chubb and you know part of that defensive line coming in there. Christian Christian Wilker, Wilkerson. Uh, I forgot his name, honestly. But the old Clemson D lineman. Um, maybe we'll see the Miami starting line go against that, and maybe CJ can see some starting uh, competition too from another team. Just get yeah. absolutely bodied by that Miami front. But no, I'm 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 with I'm with you guys. I think uh, I'm looking for for a better showing in week two. Obviously, you know that was the first uh, NFL experience, uh, regardless of the string that you played uh, against. It was first NFL experience, so you know get those jitters out of there. And um, like you said, banking on they're going to make money on not making the same mistake twice, and that is ultimately the name of the game. Uh, you're you're going to make mistakes. It's 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 going to happen. There's nothing you can do about that. But it is being able to evolve and grow from those mistakes and learn how to read the defense better, learn how to pick the open man, learn how to just be that field general and 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 be consistent on the field. And that's what's that's what's going to win ball games. And honestly, I need CJ to win ball games because I need Carolina to finish as low as they possibly can in the total standings. You got the wrong quarterback, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got the, talking about you the wrong show. team. Well, no, I, that's what I'm saying. I need C.J. Stroud to do well. So, I, so Carolina uh, and Bryce Young falls far down. That's why That's why I need C.J. Stroud to do well. Yeah, He wants those draft I'm just, picks, Chris. Yeah. I'm just hoping – I'm hoping the staff there in Houston sits C.J. down and they're honest with him because Houston's not going to win many games this year. They're not in it to compete for a playoff contention. They're not in there to even compete with their division. So I hope they're able to sit CJ down and say, Hey, like this year is pretty much a wipe. So we need you to go out there and just learn. Like no (laughs) one's going to be fucking, I mean, the fans are probably going to be pissed off at you, but go out there, make your mistakes, learn from the game and let's start next year off better. Cause we'll have the number one pick and we could maybe get you a weapon. If CJ needs the coaches to sit him down and tell him that, (laughs) you know, maybe the football IQ wasn't as high as we thought coming into this thing. Maybe he was drafted a little ahead of his time, but, uh, you know, uh, no, I, I mean, I, I would, like you said, I hope that they are being honest with him, but you know, I hope CJ is looking in the mirror and going, damn, this, this is going to be a tough year. Yeah. It's going to, it's, it's a rebuild and that's, they have a new head coach. Like I said, D'Amico Ryans is there. So it's a rebuild. Where does it start? It starts with a with a game changing edge rusher or or a quarterback. Yeah. So and they got they both have of the, them. Yeah, yeah they, they did both have both of those in the draft. So and maybe they'll get Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. He's supposed to be the new, you know, stud wide receiver coming out of college. He dominated last year at Ohio State. So maybe they'll get him. Maybe Arizona will get him too. Those are the teams that are probably fighting for that number one spot. Uh, Doc, you mentioned the pre. You, well, speaking of Chicago, glad you mentioned that. You mentioned it, Justin Fields. Uh, that's another guy. We he had a phenomenal three passes, uh, over hundred something yards, and two TDs. But we we do want to see more from Justin Fields. We want to see him play maybe a few more series, maybe like four or five series. I personally want to see him throw the ball deep downfield. I want to see the connection between him and DJ, him and Chase, and him and and Darnell Mooney. I want to see some of the deep balls. I know you're not going to throw deep balls every single play, 
but I want to see how it looks, you know, in preseason and just kind of get a little taste of what they possibly could do in the actual regular season. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't want to put it on, on drives. I want to put it on like, you know, throws or snaps or something else. I mean, I'm never going to argue with three passes, two touchdowns, 14 points out of the gate. I'm never going to say, I don't want that. Um, but yeah, I mean, had it been a full game that he was playing in a regular season, we would have seen more, right? But we didn't. So I'm not focused so much on on seeing deep passes, uh, mid-range passes. I mean, I'd like to see a mix, but at the end of the day, what I'm focusing on is the offensive line, how they're coming together to protect the quarterback, especially if they got the starters going. What I'm looking at is Justin Fields reading the defense now that his head is starting up uh, versus looking down to the defensive line coming at him and scrambling right away. I want to see how he handles that pressure in the pocket and if he can hold his own, allow the play to develop, allow this new receiver and DJ Moore to get open, allow Darnell Mooney to hopefully find his old style and find his way back to, to fame. Um, even Chase Claypool, uh, you know, hopefully able to make some plays in the mid-range. Uh, and then, you know, obviously Cole Komet has been a huge part of this offense the last couple of years. He's been taken off. So, honestly – as bad as as bad as you know, you want to criticize Chase Claypool for for a number three receiver. It's not a bad guy to have at number three behind Mooney and and DJ Moore. So uh, this is a team that went from no offense aside from a running back, uh, you know RB one and two being Justin Fields and and Khalil Herbert, uh, to now having a team full of weapons and an offensive line that can actually hold it. Uh, Tevin Jenkins has been improving. Uh, big man Darnell Wright on the on the draft. Uh, Nate Davis did not play last week. Hoping to see him. Uh, he apparently this is a normal thing of him not playing in the preseason. He gets uh, the preseason injury every year. Um, so you know, seeing the offensive line come back together, I, I just want to see how Justin Fields handles playing on the field. Um, now that he's got protection and and now that he has that time to throw the ball, let's see what his decision making looks like. I don't think we were critiquing you guys having Claypool as your two or three receiver. I think we were critiquing that you got him for a second round draft pick. Hundred percent, and our yeah, own that's... second round pick. Our own second round pick that would have actually really been a first round since Miami lost their pick. So yeah, I mean, we're. I don't think we were mad or you know saying the Bears are done no, but they, no, no, Claypool. they're they're yeah, there are a lot of people that are yeah. talking a lot of mad shit on Clay. I didn't mean you guys specifically. My bad. No, yeah, I didn't mean you guys specifically, but yeah, a lot of people are saying Claypool is dog shit. I think Claypool's better at the two or three. Yeah, and I, I'm. I want to see that. I want to see him get involved with this offense. And like you said, we don't have to see deep passes all the time. I just want to see how it looks with these these trio receivers mm. down the field. That's what I want to see. I want to see the connection. If it doesn't work, a couple of uh, passes, so be it. But I want to see it in motion. I want to see it in preseason. I just want to see him go down down the field. Like I said, I'm not going to argue with the start. Ideally, realistically, you're not going to probably have that start every single game. So eventually, you know, you're going to have some of those mid-ranges, deep passes. That's what kind of just want to see. Yeah. I want to see Fields get his feet wet with that kind of. That's why uh, I want to see it. That's why I want to see it be a snap count too, or like a pass count, because we saw what happened. That was three drives. He had three passes, you know, it was like, I need to see a better sample size here. So if that means being out there longer, if, if you're on the field, two plays per drive, I mean, you can't go off the drives on that. I want to see, I want to see plays. Yeah, for sure. Chris, you were high on Deuce Vaughn. I know you didn't get to talk about him last night. You unfortunately missed out on that segment, but I, no I do want to see Deuce. I want to see Deuce Vaughn get some more playing time earlier in preseason. Maybe start with the twos or the ones, whoever the ones are going to be this upcoming weekend. Because Deuce Vaughn looked electric. He was electric at college at Kansas State. I think he is a perfect fit with Tony Pollard, and I'm excited as you are to see Mr. Deuce Vaughn 
for the Dallas Cowboys this weekend. Yeah, I mean, Juice, Juice Vaughn, he took, he had the chance to show off what he had, and, hey, he showed it off. I mean, he's a funny-looking dude to watch because he's so small. But, I mean, he hey, he looked like a little Darren Sproles out there, and I'd love to see it. I mean, good for him. He took, he took the chance, and he fucking crushed it. So I'm excited to see what he has week two. I mean, I know Zeke was just fucking chilling on that couch with his probably bucket of fucking food. I was like, damn, this man just took my His job. Bucket of cereal. Yeah, eating, eating, bowls, yeah, eating the cereal like he did in the commercial, you know, big, big bowl. That was a great commercial, though, I'm not going to lie. But I no, just, I'm excited. I, yeah. Yeah. I want to see, I want to see Deuce Vaughn hop in fucking Dallas's little fucking bucket they have, you know, their little well, Lucky Charms bucket. If he stood that's, up, that's the, that's the kid's Army. donation, buddy. Well, you do you think he's a sensitive he could... asshole? If he stands up in that that Salvation Army uh, like pot, do you think they'll actually be able to see him? You're gonna see the crown of his helmet. That's no, he's gonna yeah. he's gonna get mistaken for being a toy for being like a bobblehead <laughs> toy for the kids, and they're just gonna I mean, hand him out. Funny though, no, I'm Deuce just ex- bobblehead. I'm excited for Deuce Vaughn. I I'm excited for him for the year. I think they will get him involved at some point, sometime this year. I mean, um, they are gonna be running the ball a lot this year. I think that's what Mike McCarthy has emphasized. So maybe we'll see him maybe get lost, you know, in the huddle. And then all of a sudden you see him break out for a fucking 20 yard run. And there's the ball just going, going far. Yeah. But one last topic, I know we've mentioned it is that Bucks quarterback competition. Kyle Trask will be getting the nod. Like we've mentioned (laughs) against the New York jets. I know Chris was a little upset that they're not doing the joint practice because the jets canceled it, but I'm excited to see Kyle Trask get some playing time with the same guys that Baker play with at least and see what he can do. Don't think Godwin and Mike Evans will be playing that much if they even do. So excited to see Kyle Trask, see what he can do. Maybe he can do what Baker did and or maybe be a little better or be what he did this last past weekend and just shit the bed. So all eyes are, you know, in Tampa for the New York Jets and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in my opinion. Yeah, my yeah I gotta eyes. be honest. I, Go I don't I don't off. think it's I don't uh I don't think it's gonna matter who you put in there. I mean, this is a better team without Brady, you know. Um just like Luke said, this is a team that's going to win more games without Brady, so I don't think it really matters who you put under center. Clickbait. Hey, that is that is true. I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking at Baker and Trask. I mean, Trask finally he's getting the go ahead. So arguably, Trask will be getting better positional players starting the game than Baker had to start because I mean you're going to be subbing out players, but hopefully Trask looks a lot better than what he did last week. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if the Jets play their starters this week. We'll see if Sauce Gardner and them get involved because if they do play their starters, it's a good test for Kyle Trask because the Jets were, I believe, the second or third best defense last year in football when it came to the stats. So good luck. Uh, we saw Bryce Young get lit up pretty good um, against Jermaine Johnson and some of those guys on the, the second mm. string. So good luck if you have to play the New York Jets this year, um, well, especially you, Kyle Trask, because – you're going to need all the luck you can get, boys, or uh, Tampa. So, boys, the time has come. More college talk. I wore my hat for a reason because the AP poll has officially been released. The preseason AP poll, yes, is here. All well, 24 to 25 teams remain on the, the AP poll that were on the coach poll. The only team that's not on there is Texas Tech. They're placed by Big Ten school out of Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes. So, some things different. Alabama fell down to four. Ohio State is three. 
A&M jumped up to 20, 23. Texas is 11. We, you know, we were 12 last time. So slight change, like you guys said, really five through nine, I think remain the same. Um, so, and like I said earlier, start the show one top 25 matchup to start week one. I don't know if that's happened in a long time. Chris, your LSU Tigers will go to Orlando to visit Doc's team, the Florida State Seminoles. And that's Sunday night, the day before Labor Day. And if it's anything like last year, it should be a great, great game. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. I'm not going to deep dive too much into it. I'm sure we'll have breakdown games coming up in the future with the pod. I mean, I like I said, the other podcast when we broke down the coaches AP poll, I mean, I knew not much is going to change. They usually match up pretty close, which shows that they did. I mean, we had a couple move. I mean, big thing I saw here – I mean, you have three of the top five teams right now having quarterback competitions. That's huge. I mean, you have Michigan and LSU that know for sure, A, who's starting at quarterback. So I think that's big for them. And then Bama, I mean, A, couple stats right here. First time since 2015 that Bama has not had one preseason first place vote, which is big. And I think that has to do with that quarterback battle. And then this is the Bama's lowest ranking since 2009. Chris, did is LSU starting quarterback back from last year? The same QB? Yeah, JD, JD Five's back. So right now, LSU, USC, and Florida State are the only teams in Washington inside the top 10 that have returning quarterbacks. So six teams in the top 10 will have a new QB under the helm. That's big. That's honestly, that's big. Yeah, I think it's huge. And then just shout out to a little the little dogs down there. I mean, Tulane, 24. I mean, first preseason top 25 in program history. I think they did get snubbed a little bit. I mean, they finished last year at number nine. I mean, they went in the Cotton Bowl. They beat the Heisman winner. They beat USC. And then to turn around, they're bringing back most of their key players too. And then turn around and drop them 15 spots and say, hey, you're 24. I, I think they got snubbed just a little bit. I think at least top 20. And then fuck A&M. How do you go to 23? <laughs> fuck you. No, I mean, I, I think this is uh, pretty spot on. I like uh, where everything is at. I'm looking for USC to make a playoff push this year. Uh, I think this might be the year that Alabama falls out. This is hopefully the year that Ohio State falls out. This will always be the year that Michigan State – or, excuse me, Michigan chokes – uh, so, you know, a lot of room for six, seven and eight to move up there into the into the top four. So we'll see what happens. But uh, other than that, I mean, pretty solid. I'm kind of worried about what Tennessee is going to do. Uh, Tennessee lost a lot of key players uh, this season. Uh, Darnell Wright, obviously, off the offensive line. And Hooker's gone. Uh, big pieces missing out of there. Notre Dame. I'll, I'll never understand Notre Dame getting the love that they do at the start of a season. They're a dog shit uh, organization uh organization dog shit program um oregon glad to see they're they're recovering it's it's nice to see florida state and oregon both uh coming back from the the reins of willie taggart so quickly because god that dumpster fire we feel for you oregon we felt it in florida state for a couple of years uh that was a very short-lived willie taggart by the way um tcu kind of low that was a little surprising to me um kansas state even got up above them um tcu should have dropped they they lost they lost both the receivers they did lose they lost a lot. The running back yeah the quarterback i mean they, they did lost lose guys a lot, defense but... them, yeah, them being in the top 20 is good for them 
for right now. The T- TCU does have that fucking 400-pound freshman, though. Hey, mm. that's a big boy. That's a big guy. <laughs> you, you cannot teach size, and that motherfucker has it. Yeah, I mean. And then Drake. Yeah, Doc, sorry. Uh, Drake May, 21. Uh, he's going to have to, he's going to have some work to do to move up the standings. Oklahoma. Um, yeah. Oklahoma is going to hover right about there for, for very probably the strange part of the season. Very strange to see. OU. I understand they had a bad year last year and we understand why they're there, but very strange in our lifetime to see Oklahoma so low in AP preseason top 25. They normally are significantly higher. Uh, they normally are year. doing the reverse. Yeah, they're normally doing the reverse, start top 10, and then fall their way to the bottom of the top 25. But uh, this year, I guess they're going to try to do the opposite because they won't have much uh, much room for error before getting knocked out of it. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin looks like they're finally making a comeback. I mean, they had such a good uh, program for so many years and it kind of fell off the last couple of years. Um, Tulane, hey, I don't, don't know. fucking hate on Tulane. You're I'm not hating on struck- Tulane. You're already getting struck down by Jesus shitting on Notre Dame. So yeah, don't make those Cajun gods come after you. Well, Doc and Chris, I have a question for you. There's usually a top 10 team every year that falls out and has a bad year. Last year was Oklahoma. I believe they were top 10 last year to start the season. Out of the top 10 teams, who do you have potentially being that team that falls Washington. out of the top 25 and has a shit year? Now, a lot of people are high on their quarterback. He had a good year last year. They, they were actually really good last year in general, but Huskies, that's that's a possible one. Chris, what, you think? what I what what I want to see, Alabama. That's what I want to see. What I'm thinking, I'd I toss up maybe Penn State. I know they're bringing back a lot of players, but I hey, there's a lot of talented football teams this year. A yeah, lot of talented are. football teams. This is a tough one. To, the tough one to call. Yeah, who, and then who, who do you see? my second Who's one like, be maybe Clemson. I'm also oh, Clemson's also my second. Fuck. I was going to say – no, next question was – well, I'm going to say Florida State. Uh, maybe just because – maybe they were a year early last year. Maybe they stay around the top 25, but definitely out of the top 10. I, I, I don't know if they survive. They only brought talent. In the top 10. Well, they that's, did, but – They brought in like the top the top receiving prospect in in the game. I mean, that's the big thing, though, about this week one matchup, a top eight, top five team winning – Whoever wins this is going to get set up pretty well because you already have that on your resume that you have yep. one top ten win already. So I mean, you guys, one's huge. And even losing that, like if Florida State loses that game, they ain't gonna fall far. No, you won't fall. Unless far. they unless they get absolutely shit on it, they get blown out. That might be a different story. You'll drop so, top ten. You'll drop out of the top ten, but not oh at out number of the eight, top yeah. twenty five. Yeah, yeah, no, you'll, you'll probably, drop. We won't we won't drop out of the top twelve. Not from number eight. No, you not definitely listen to a, won't. Not listen to a top five. Um, another thing Unless though is you guys mentioned out. you guys mentioned Clemson and I, I'm not gonna say it yet because I know we're gonna do our final four predictions for all four of us when Luke gets back in and then we'll do our championship. But I do think Clemson is a potential playoff team this year. I, I really think that they have the the team to go undefeated. They always have a good defense under Dabo Sweeney. They have this kid that is starting, you know, he didn't look too hot last year, but he was thrown into the fire. He's a former number two uh prospect coming out of high school and a lot of people are high on him this year, and I do like Dabo. I think Dabo's a good coach. And not Dabo's saying Clemson's coach. going to the Final Four, but I'm saying it's a cliffhanger. I potentially have them there. So when Luke's here, we're going to give our rank, our, our our Final Four and our championship winner, obviously, in the championship game. 
but I'm not saying Clemson's falling out. I think Clemson stays there. I think they're competitive this year for sure. I need I need more out of Dabo to show me he can win games without a generational quarterback out of Deshaun or Lawrence. If yeah. you don't have that top stud quarterback, can you win games? But that goes like that for a lot of the, the top schools. A lot of them have a, a talented quarterback that I know LSU, LSU when they won um, or they had Jamarcus and Matt Flynn back in the day, but they did have Joe Burrow, who is a number one draft pick, and he's in the NFL balling out. And he did start Ohio State, so he definitely was a, a recruited quarterback for sure. But, I mean, a lot of these top teams that win, Michigan, they don't have top talent quarterbacks, and it shows. That's why they don't win the big games. They don't have a quarterback that can put them over the top every single year. And as great as Michigan is at recruiting other positions, they just don't get quarterbacks. And like Doc said, they choke every year. And I believe it's because of quarterback play usually. And that's what you need in college. You can't have that game manager like you can have in the NFL. There's talent throughout college football. So you need that quarterback. You need that Joe Burrow. You need that. I I still don't think Stetson Bennett is great. I think he was just surrounded with phenomenal fucking talent. They might oh, yes. all be fucking felons and speedsters. But, hey, if – Kirby wants them to play. They're playing. And does Georgia go twelve and zero again this year? I mean, that's. I mean, that's, that's a big the big question. Is is Georgia? No team has won three straight. Can Georgia pull that off? Ah man, like, and like Doc said, I'm high on USC this year too. Like, that's another potential team I have in my Final Four is, is USC. We started the 2014 playoffs, which was the first year four teams with the ACC school, an SEC school, a Big Ten and a Pac-12, I potentially think that happens this year again. I, I really think that all four is the Pac-12 about to dis, dismantle. One, I think USC might be the team that gets back to the playoffs. I think they can go undefeated this year. I think Caleb Williams puts the team on his back. He puts a Superman cape on, and he fucking shows out for his team. Is Caleb Williams the number one pick next year? A lot of talk about it already. A lot of talk. It's him or potentially – well, it won't be Drake May, but as the first quarterback, it's, it's going to be Caleb. But the question is – if Arizona gets the first pick, are they going to draft Caleb Williams? I mean, do they go Marvin Harrison? I mean, they don't need it. Yeah. I mean, they could fucking draft both and get rid of Kyler Murray. They can get rid of Kyler Murray and get Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison and just say, screw it. So, I mean, they're in that spot to, to do that kind of shit. Do you know what Dabo's all-time record is against the SEC? The SEC? Yeah. The I don't know, but I know, he's beat, oh, sorry, right? I know he's beating a fucking team in the, the championship game. He beat Yeah, I think twice. he's like – He's like twelve and four against him in the regular season, and uh, eight of those wins are against Carolina or South Carolina. Hell yeah, that's, that's not I mean, that's not saying a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? Like I had, it, I only say that because you talk about winning with a generational quarterback, and you're doing it in the ACC. You know what I mean? You're not doing it in the Big Ten. You're not doing it in the SEC. You're playing a significantly weaker conference, and it trust me, it hurts me to say that because my Seminoles are in that conference. But it is a a drastically weaker conference. It's getting better. It seems to be getting better, but Miami, Miami had strong hopes the last couple of years and fell off hard. Uh, you know, this is just a conference that does not have much representation in the top twenty-five or in the, you know any good bowl games, anything like that. So, uh, yeah, Dabble, I like Dabble Sweeney. He's a great coach. He's a great coach, but I don't know if he's putting up the same numbers that he's putting up in the SEC against regular powerhouse teams. I mean, I do know that he did take Nick Saban. Well, the year that. Deep, uh, Deshaun lost his first championship. They lost on a blown onside kick that was offside. But 
Uh, Alabama got lucky there. They did come back the next year when Deshaun in his last year and beat Alabama. And then he fucking wiped the floor with Nick Saban, Alabama with Trevor Lawrence two years later. So I understand the ACC is not as strong, but Dabo made a good three to four year stretch of being in the playoffs, being in the championship. Yes, they did go to be, they get blown up by generational quarterbacks. Well, they got there. Well, yeah, because Trevor was the the lot when they lost LSU with Joe Joe Burrow. But I mean, you do need a generational quarterback, unfortunately, to win a championship in college. You do, you do. That's the college generation. At least a college generational quarterback. And these and these days, you do, because it's a high flying, fast tempo offense is going to win games now. If if Penn State had a generational quarterback, they would not lose those two games last year. They would not go ten and two. In the, in the regular season and lose to Ohio State-Michigan. They were stacked last year. They have a quarterback. They probably beat both of them. Just the, it's just the way it goes. They, they Ohio State has a quarterback, and Michigan had just a better team overall. So And, and if Texas had a third-string generational quarterback, they would have beat Alabama. Yeah, we would have. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. I mean, Wick said we, we almost beat them last year with our backup hurt, and, and Quinn Ewers was looking good last year, and – and like like you, you missed Chris. I mentioned that um, Doc asked me who I have eyes on for college, and I went biased. I went Quinn Ears because he's got a lot of pressure on him this year with Archie Manning right behind him. And you know, if people say like if Quinn Ears starts to struggle, and we are winning games, but let's say he's struggling while we're winning, they're gonna say throw the fucking kid in, and that's that's a lot of pressure on him. I mean, unfortunately, Archie chose us, and that's just what's gonna happen. Nut up, dude. Nut the I'm fuck not- up. Not unfortunately. I mean, you all spent a lot of money on Archie, but yeah, I don't know how. I still don't know how I feel about that, but I guess time will tell. But I mean, I hope you all end up blowing uh, blowing out one fucking team. That way, we can at least see Archie play a little bit. Well, speaking of that one team, um, it's not been confirmed, but it is the the primetime game on ESPN. Kirk Kerbstreit wouldn't he wouldn't um, admit to it today on the Pat McAfee show, but. They are going on Friday and Saturday night to Tuscaloosa. I can't pronounce it. Alabama. They're going to Alabama for the game. Yeah, they're going to do this Pat McAfee show there Friday during the day, and then they're going to do the semicast Saturday. So there's no way they're making Pat travel to wherever the fuck it's going to be Saturday morning just to go back to Alabama Saturday night. I guarantee it week two will be Texas and Alabama in Alabama uh, for college game day. Oh, guaranteed. Yes. Especially if they both win week one, which they should, their cupcake game. So we will definitely see the boys. Alabama playing ESPN. a cupcake in week one? Shocker. Well, they've played power five games, but they schedule them so far out that those teams become pretty dog shit by the time that they reach around them and, and play them. So just the way that it works. When you make a, when you make a schedule eight, ten years out, <laughs> shit happens. That is true. And when it, when, it, when it happens the wrong way, then teams start buying out of those games. Like I think Texas did to uh, – Hawaii back in the day with Colt Brennan. Yeah, but even if Texas, let's say Texas was bad this year and last year, there's no way that Alabama and Texas are buying out of those games because they're still going to make money just because of the name that are in the games. Texas is big. No, 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 no. They wouldn't buy. You're talking, they Texas bought out because they were not about to get disgraced by Hawaii. That's a big difference. If Texas and Alabama are going to play, unless you guys were like a, a seller team, you know, like North Texas. And that's when Alabama's like, all right, we're going to buy out of this because North Texas is actually looking pretty good, and I ain't chancing that shit. I have to pull it up. I don't, that fucking... I have to pull it up. I don't ever recall us ever having a game on the docket with Hawaii, but um, I have to look that up um, for sure. I don't think we'd ever lose to Hawaii, to be honest with you. But 
Boys college Everybody thought coming. they were losing to Hawaii when fucking Cole Brennan was throwing 55 or 52 touchdowns in a, in a college season for the first time ever. But, boys, college is coming up. NFL's coming up. Like I said, fantasy's coming up. Got the belt still. Had it around my waist this whole fucking show. This is where it's going to be all year, you know. I, think I'm I can't wait for that bitch to be in my lap. I think it's going to be an undefeated year for uh, the squad out here. Um, right now, I'm feeling good. You know, I haven't had haven't had this draft yet, but I'm feeling good. I, I really do. Um, Doc and Luke. Well, I know Luke's going to fall apart. It's just a matter of fact. Just he is the Baltimore Ravens. He is that August dynasty. He starts off good the first couple weeks when you're kind of getting that feeling for fantasy, but he always blows it somewhere, and that un- unfortunately what happens. It is what it is. Rule brothers have trouble in fantasy. Yes, they do. They do. They have a lot of trouble in fantasy. They don't have the name on this belt, Chris. But you have your name twice on that on that belt. I have my name once. You know, you you sandwiched me essentially. Like you made a sandwich with me, and Fuck it felt yeah. good. It felt good to to be in there, Doc. Maybe you'll see your name on that list one day. You know, we'll have to see how you do. As a, remember, you have the twelfth draft pick. So welcome to the league, and Damn hopefully fucked. you draft well. Yeah. But great episode, boys. I look forward to it. We have one more before I unfortunately take a vacation, and I'm the reason why we're going on a week hiatus. I'm the only one that hasn't had a little vacay uh, this summer. So it's time for me to enjoy the sun, enjoy the summer heat out there in this old sunshine state of Florida. So finally taking a vacation. But, Doc, great shit from you tonight, dude. I enjoyed it, man. Always enjoy your little insight, some of your takes you have. Your load nice, is always man. amazing. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, I just try yeah. to spread my load for everybody to enjoy. I mean, and you know what? It's You're doing God's work, do. dude. You're doing oh, God's thanks, work. Man. You know what? I wish, I wish my wife would appreciate it once in a while. Who, who needs rain when you produce the load, dude? Like, dude, literally. I'll make it snow all day long up in this exactly. bitch, all right? Chris, hope you feel better. I know you're battling a little cold there. Hopefully, you and the family get, you know, you guys are struggling right now with the whole being sick so hopefully you guys get better in the sack house i appreciate it i appreciate it but boys that does, that just about does it everyone out there listening like i said you can find us on youtube tiktok instagram all about the balls podcast i'm your host mark davis join alongside once again my co-host chris gemeinhart luke rule shout out to you I'm sorry chris gemeinhart nick knox kirkwins shout out to you luke rule out there in the field we miss you this is all about the balls podcast and we are out Thank you for checking out another episode of All About the Balls podcast. We want to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Sack House. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Sack House.